Thank you for tuning in to the 150th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk, the big 150, with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always. Whether you're listening via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, whichever podcasting or music avenue or platform you are listening to me by, I want to thank you for tuning in, as always, being recorded from Buffalo, New York, the pandemic continues. I, I, I've been like, I, I keep saying that, but it's kind of like to keep track of the days. You know, I'm not going to school anymore, so I kind of have to keep track of it just to kind of know it's Monday, it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday, it's Friday now. I mean, it, it seems like the months, the days, the seconds, the hours, the minutes, they've all gone by so quickly when you're supposed to stay at home and do social distancing. But luckily what we have, we are going to have the 2020 NFL Draft still go on. It will happen next week on Thursday, next Thursday. I'm excited. I hope you are. I'm going to do something I have never done in the history. The 150th episode, right? We've got 150 podcasts, Barbershop Sports Talk. Have never done a mock draft, a full mock draft, 1 to 32 for all the teams. And we are going to do that today. We're going to have Kenny Simon. Um, he's been on the last month and a half, it seems like. It seems like forever now. Kenny, Kenny's been a staple of the show. And we're going to have him on, and we're going to do our mocks. So I we haven't, haven't talked about how we're going to do this, actually. So you guys are going to be on the fly like, just like me and him are. But it's probably going to be he goes, then I go. Kind of give a little bit of an explanation to you why we have those picks. So that'll do. Come up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we are going to do a mock draft. For the 2020 NFL Draft. Come up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. And we have my man, Kenny Sim. Does scouting for 247 Sports. Loves football, loves the draft, and the day has finally come. We are going to do a mock draft. How are you doing, Kenny? Good, man. Good to be back on the pod with you, talking to football. And, uh, yeah, it's almost final exam time. I mean, other than, you know, like college football playoffs or like uh, like an NBA finals over two weeks, the draft's kind of my Super Bowl, and that's something I really like. So um, it's kind of almost like you can do it year-round, and we're coming up to like the – the final exam. It's almost here, so looking forward to it. Now, before we get to our draft, I do have one question to ask you, because I, I was I saw this on Bleacher Report, and um, this is the anniversary, the twenty year anniversary of Tom Brady getting picked in the sixth round. So, as a guy that kind of follows the draft, I know you weren't following the draft, and I believe two thousand one when he was drafted. What I do want to ask you is, how does a guy that ends up being this good, this great for so long, last to the sixth round? How does that happen? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, Tom Brady is, like, just, like, the perfect example of someone that gets passed up for whatever reason and turns into an all-pro. Um, another guy that comes to mind is, like, a Kurt Warner who was undrafted Hall of Famer, which is Sherman, fifth-round pick. He's a Hall of Famer, but, I, I mean, I think the thing that kind of gets overlooked and why people would pass up, you know, a guy like a Tom Brady is a couple of reasons for Tom Brady's case, and this is proof for, you know, anybody else that's like an all-pro Hall of Famer that gets undrafted or a seventh-round pick. I think the first thing is like the physical trait, you know, I mean, if you don't have like, you know, a prototypical size or arm or speed, they say, okay, so like when you go to the next level, everyone's bigger, stronger, faster than you, and you're already kind of athletically deficient in college. How are you going to do that in the pros and everyone's better? And I think the second thing is, uh, for Tom Brady's case, um, really being put in the right system would help out. So we could do this, you know, you could take a look at your mock, uh, like your mock draft rankings and whatever. So take like Texas Mahomes, for example. If Texas Mahomes, he went to the Kansas City Chiefs, great skill position, 
Andy Reid, I think, is one of the top coaches in the league for a long time. Patrick Mahomes is not one of the top quarterbacks under the age of 25 in a Super Bowl MVP, NFL MVP, if he went to, say, I don't know, like the Washington Redskins. So I think fit is important, too. So you got to give credit to the Patriots for having that fit and getting ready to play within themselves. But I think a, a big thing is kind of like the physical traits really get overlooked and send guys down the draft board. Also, in Brady's case, he was kind of a rotating with Drew Henson at, at Michigan. And Drew Henson was like this all-world player. I mean, he was a first-round pick in, uh, in baseball. He could have been a first-round pick in football, too. So um, Brady was also kind of like a backup and kind of worked in and out. So I think that was another reason why he was moved back uh, and went to the sixth round. And it's also crazy because Brady's maybe a couple situations from not even entering the draft or playing football because of that. Like, you know, I mean, how many guys like that end up playing in the NFL? You, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy, like, his career turned out the way it was, I guess. Yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, I, I don't really recall. I mean, that was almost two decades ago. But, you know, if, I don't know. I, I, I don't know at the top, top of my head what happened, what happened to Drew Henson. But if he didn't, like, get hurt or missed some games or if he kind of produced at a high level that was expected from him, Brady might have never seen the field as a junior and senior at Michigan and uh, definitely would have not have been drafted if he didn't play at all. Just would have been just a run-of-the-mill backup quarterback like everybody else, you know, on all the teams. So uh, that kind of worked in his favor as well. Okay, so now we're going to get to our mock draft we're really here for. I, I just want to know really quickly, Kenny, so how did you do your mock? Because the way I did my mock is I went through, because I didn't know how we were going to do it. We just discussed off the air that we were going to, I'm going to start one, and you're going to start uh, two, so you can pick the Browns, right, your team. But the way I did it was I just went, for the most part, three deep at every pick. You know, in case somebody, you take some of my, somebody that I wanted. So so that's kind of how I did it now. I kind of went through my process. How did you go through yours? Yeah, so, actually, I just have a sheet of paper with a blank blank, so I'm just kind of going to, I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> you kind of say you're picking stuff. But, but, but I will say, typically when I do a mock draft, what I try to do is I try to, I try to pick, um, what I think the team will do, not what I would do as the picker, but kind of what the team would do and looking at the team needs. Um, if you have a good sense of the GM and like the traits that they look for, the positions they like, try to put yourself in the team shoes and the GM shoes. But I try to, I try to pick the guys that I think are going to go to the team. So try to have those matches, uh, try to match up right team, right player with what actually happens next Thursday night. Okay, Kenny. Now let's start. So I'm going to get the number one overall pick. And surprise, surprise, with the number one overall pick, Cincinnati Bengals will draft Joe Burrow, quarterback at LSU. Shocker, right? Uh, had a great college football season, arguably the greatest ever by any player and certainly by any quarterback, at least statistically. Uh, the Bengals are going to need some fresh blood in there. Kind of a local kid is from that area. I, I I think that he can do a lot of good for them and uh, ushering in a new era from the Andy Dalton era, which I know probably a lot of Bengals fans are ready to move on. I have Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's a very good pick too. I think I think he's actually going to be pretty good in the NFL as long as as long as Cincinnati is functional around him, which is tough because it's the Bengals. As long as they're functional around him. They got Joe Mixon, they got John Ross, A.J. Green. Uh, they can take a tackle or a wide receiver at pick 33. They're kind of building a decent team. They got some talent on that team. So I think he's going to be pretty good, though, in the NFL. Now, who do you have? No, actually, I do want to ask you this really quickly about Burrow, too. Do you think, for me, I, I kind of debate on where I could see how good I see Burrow being, but I guess... For me, I could see Burrow having kind of an Eli Manning career where it's really a lot of this guy. Like we have a lot of love and hate for him, if that makes sense. Like he wins a couple Super Bowls, but then his other career is his career is kind of like or a Matt Ryan, kind of a guy that is always in that 
maybe at his peak, that 10-ish range, maybe sometimes at the bottom of the top 10, has some playoff runs in him, but you always kind of look wanting a little bit more. Do you think I'm right on that? Like, that's kind of where I see Joe. I would agree with that. I think he would be, um, I think he's extremely talented coming out of LSU. I think he's probably going to be, um, you know, in like year three and year four, like between QB number like 10 and 16, like above average quarterback. Some years he'll be really good, like Matt Ryan, like you alluded to. But um, kind of to see like where you're a bust or not depends on your playoff success ultimately. And he's going up against a quarter of his games or two of the most uh, two, two of the best-run franchises in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens. So he's going to have to beat one of those teams to probably make the playoffs every year, too. So um, I could see him having some good years, and then ultimately with the Bengals, um, probably their share of missed playoff appearances, too. But uh, Matt Ryan actually seems like a good comp to me. Okay, now how do, who do you have number two? You're on the clock now, Kenny. Yeah, number two. So I'm going to go with, I think, the best player in the draft, Chase Young, edge rusher, Ohio State. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to get any offers that Godfather offered to trade back or anything. I think the Redskins are ultimately going to stay at pick number two, and I think they're honing in on Chase Young right now. Um, I think he's the top player in the draft. I think, you know, we had our episode last week talking about best players of the decade. I think he's right behind Miles My- Garrett in terms of best edge rusher prospects. Uh, probably the most can't-miss prospect in this draft. I think the Redskins get the best player in the entire draft pick number two. Now, for Kenny, what I would ask you is this. How much of it do you think it is, right, they have Ron Rivera, he's a defensive guy, and the tantalizing nature of you can have Montez Sweet, you can have Chase Young coming off the edge, and you can have De'Aaron Payne, and uh, I'm forgetting the other uh, Alabama tackle that's also in there. Uh but you can have all, all four of those guys as your young defensive line. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Yep. Yeah, that's a really good front, uh, front point that they have. Got decent linebackers, too. And really what this does for the Washington Redskins, I think, is let's play out the year with Kyle Allen, who has a leg up in that, in that system that they're bringing from Carolina. Dwayne Haskins, too. We got a top pass rusher. We'll see how it ends. Um, if we're one of the worst teams in the league, we'll be ready to take Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. And that's kind of our future cornerstones is the 2021 quarterback, probably, and Chase Young, offense defense, as we slowly build up this core to compete in the NFC. Now for the, my number three pick. I, I've been going back and forth on this. Uh and maybe a little bit I'm doing what I would do instead of what will happen. So I'm just going to warn you, Kenny. I am not going to go with what many people might think. I might go with Jeff Akuda. I am going to go with who's actually my favorite player in the draft. Isaiah Simmons, number three, linebacker out of Clemson. I think that uh, Matt Patricia coming from the Bill Belichick tree. And, you know, you can kind of know well, what do guys of that ilk value, they value defensive versatility. Hey, we're going to need you to do this this week. Hey, we're going to need you to play safety one week, linebacker the next week. We're going to need you to rush the passer the other week. And I think that versatility is something that Matt Patricia will love out of Isaiah Simmons. Not only that, he was a captain for Clemson, and he's a great leader, no nonsense. And I feel like the type of player that would fit in with that type of organization. Very good. I think he's the second-best player in the draft. Uh I think ultimately what might happen is the uh, Lions might trade down. This is a trade-down possibility, but if they stay there, Okuda or Simmons, I don't think they could go wrong with either, but this really gives them a lot of versatility. He can play safety against Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers and uh, Trubisky. He could do that. He can play linebacker even. It's just kind of just hunt and chase. But um, I'm a huge fan of Isaiah Simmons. I think he's a can't-miss prospect, second-best player in this draft, one of the top prospects come out in the last five years. Just unreal combat he had, too. That really sticks out with me. Uh, left there. Now, who do you have for pick number four? You're on the clock, Kenny. Yep. So, Isaiah Simmons would have been in play for me at, at four. He goes, um, he goes at three. So, I'm going to go 
two top defensive players off the board. I'm going to go back to what I think Dave Gentleman might do in this situation of the draft played out here. He's going to go back to offensive line. And he spent the last two draft picks on Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. He's got to protect those players to get the maximum out of those cornerstone players. So I think he's going to go here with the best tackle in his mind. Um, I think he's the top tackle in my opinion. I'm going to go here with Iowa tackle Tristan Worth. He has right tackle, left tackle flexibility, really athletic, uh, really high ceiling as well. A little bit overextended at times, but I think he's the top tackle in this draft. You could put him opposite Nate Solder. You got Will Hernandez and Kevin Zeitler, nice guard combo. And uh, you give Daniel Jones some protection here. And I, I like that pick too. Uh, I do agree with you. Probably the best tackle in the draft. Uh, what do you got to do? You got to protect your asset. And that's Daniel Jones. Get, get Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley some help. I, I think that's the message that you make with that pick. Because those are really your two best players. I, I mean, the guys that you really want. So what do you do? Help out your running back. Help out your quarterback. Absolutely. Now, number five. And I debated with this, and as we mentioned... This is a, another scenario where I think maybe there could potentially be a trade. We, we don't know what could happen. Miami has a lot of ammunition as well. We don't know what they're going to do. Uh, a lot of Tua talk here. A lot of Tua talk. But as I, I think about it, uh, I do not think the Dolphins would will draft Tua. And, and here's my rationale. I, I think Blind Flores, and we know he's a no-nonsense guy, comes from the Bill Belichick mold, the Bill Belichick, you know, Patriots mystique, the Patriots organization. They don't want to tank again or have this perceived tanking. They want a guy that they can play right away. And with Tua, we all know it's going to take some time. And I don't think, and quite frankly, teams don't wait in the NFL, right? This isn't a Philadelphia 76er situation with the process. If Brian Flores waits for the process, he's going to be back coaching with Bill Belichick in a couple years. So I think he's going to go with somebody now that can help him win games, and I think he's going to draft Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon. He's big, he's strong, he's athletic, uh, he has a lot of talent, and I think people forget this one thing about Justin Herbert, and I am not the biggest Justin Herbert fan, but I think people need to remember, coming in last year, people thought Justin Herbert would be the number one overall pick. They thought he was better than Tua, they thought he was better than Joe Burrow, now that didn't necessarily play out that way, but I think it's important to remember that. I have them getting Justin Herbert, Herbert quarterback out of Oregon. Yeah, I think that's a chance that that's actually going to happen as well. Um, really, it comes down to medical, too. And, and Tua is a red flag. You know, a guy that's been hurt every single year. Um, guys just don't magically stay healthy when they get to the NFL like that. Um, there, there is a big risk, especially when um, he couldn't have, uh, he, he didn't have the opportunity to visit the Dolphins facility and kind of get checked out by their team doctors. Um, there is like a faction in the building that likes Herbert, that likes Tua. Uh, I think ultimately here they could see maybe, you know, similar player. Tua does have a higher upside. However, we're going to go with a guy that is pretty consistent and could be behind center for 16 games. Agree, Kenny. Now you're on the clock at six. Yeah, so here I'm kind of if I'm the LA Chargers, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait right now. I don't think I'm gonna spend a lot of assets to trade up or kind of jump Miami. I'm gonna wait to see where the draft comes to me. I'm looking at quarterback. I'm gonna take one of the top three that fall. Tua was taken. Burrow was taken. Or Herbert was taken. Burrow was taken. Brady and Swift. I'm gonna go ahead and take Tua. Tua on the board at number six. Uh, the Chargers like him. They need a quarterback, too. They have a really good roster. Uh, they got, like, two of everything, two running backs, two pass rushers. They got Derwin James in the secondary. They need a quarterback. I, I can't see how they're going to go into the season with Tyrod Taylor um, and kind of waste this roster. So uh, give Tua a chance to sit for a little bit um, and then ultimately put him in. And I think they got their appearance to Phillip Rivers. They got to get some buzz going into L.A. They have no traction in that market. I'm going to go Tua, tag up Viola here, and uh, hopefully I end up getting the best QB in the draft on the L.A. Chargers with the Tua pick. And I think the, the great thing about this pick is 
They won't need him to play right away. They have a guy in Tyrod Taylor who is very serviceable and who can win you some games and keep you competent at the very least while they can have Tua rehab for a whole year. They can have Tua not play the whole year and have a competent guy at quarterback, and I think that's important to remember. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think ultimately, too, I think it's best for Tua to sit and really heal that hip um, and then kind of just do like a kind of a slow rollout into his NFL career uh, because I am worried about his injury history that uh, he's been injured every year of his career. Multiple games, um, he's been coming out of the third quarter because Alabama's been up so much. So he really has, so, so he's been injured and he hasn't even played like a full four quarters. I mean, only a handful of his career at Alabama. So um, I think it's a good spot for him, and I think it's the best team so far in the top six that he could go to. There's just a lot of talent ready to win. Now, pick number seven. I think this is an interesting situation, right? Because they get Matt Rule. New coach, uh, they have a new owner, got rid of Cam Newton, Luke Kuechly retired. Things are changing in Carolina. So, you know, what, what, what would I do? I, I think what you have to do is you have to go with the best player available, and that would be Jeffrey Akuda out of Ohio State cornerback. He's the consensus best cornerback. We've talked about this multiple times, Kenny. You have him as a top three prospect in this draft, and you get great value at having him at number seven. And also, you have to think about when was Carolina at their best? I know people might say Cam Newton when he was MVP, but they also had a guy by the name of Josh Norman who was talking and he was bragging. He was very bradocious out there. So I think having Jeffrey Akuda at corner, you know you're going to have your franchise corner. That's what the Panthers do at pick number seven. Yeah, very good pick, too. I mean, I, I, mean, I think one, one, one of the options for, for the Panthers is possibly trade down and pick up another first-round pick. Uh, but but if they stay here, they got to build, you know, a core. They have a lot of their a lot of their establishment players over the years have retired. A Greg Olson, Steve Smith, a Cam Newton, Luke Keekley. They got to get new. Um, one in doubt, go best player available right now in this mock draft. Okuda's the best player on the board. Now you're up at eight, Kenny. Yeah, pick number eight. So the Arizona Cardinals, what they could do is they could go receiver. They need tackle help as well, so they could go there. And they need a lot of defensive help, too. Ultimately, I think the best thing for, for their buck here is to go with defense. Kyler Murray showed a lot of promise last year. Now he's got Christian Kirk, New Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald on the outside. I'm going to wait on a deep offensive tackle class and get that in round two. I'm going with the best defensive player right now on the board. I'm going to go Derek Brown, defensive tackle for Auburn. I'm going to put him in the middle of the field, let him cause some havoc in a very competitive NFC West. Like that pick. Uh, probably the best interior defensive lineman in this class. Uh, going to help beef up the defense. Hopefully Cliff Kingsbury, who's, Renowned for, you know, being such an offensive guy. It's thinking like you, Kenny. That's what I would hope. Uh, but I love the pick. I love the pick. And even the best thing about it is, this is why I went three deep on all my picks. Because you just stole my pick that I was going to have the Jacksonville Jaguars do, Kenny. So thank you. Wow. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, there's some good guys on the board still. Uh, and you got a good pick here because the Jaguars have a laundry list of needs. They have a lot of good players on the board that they can take to fill those needs. Go ahead. I know. So with pick number nine, what I'm going to do, I'm going to draft C.J. Henderson, quarter, cornerback out of Florida. I think Jacksonville, they usually look for guys that are very athletic, you know, kind of are twitchy guys. I think C.J. Henderson fits that. I think C.J. Henderson is a guy that right away is going to be one of the best man-to-man corners in the NFL. I, I think he's going to be a guy that you can leave out on an island. And, and I think for a team that is going to be really bad and teams are probably going to be throwing a whole lot, you're going to need somebody to cover. So I think that's where C.J. Henderson comes in. And also from Florida, gets drafted by a Florida team, doesn't have to go all that far. Yeah, but they haven't taken a lot of Florida guys in years past, they got to get back to doing that like they did in the beginning of the decade. Um, they lost Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bowie on the outside. That that number one ranked defense in 2017 that went to the AFC title game is all but diminished now. Uh, so they could 
so they definitely can go best available. Um, also, corner. I think corner is one of those four or five premium positions in the NFL, so they have a need at corner. It's a premium position, a good spot at number nine in the top ten, and they get the top corner on board right now with Okuda gone and C.J. Henderson. Right behind Okuda is a really good man-to-man corner. Not, not, not as good in zone as Okuda, but man-for-man, these guys are neck and neck. Really good corners, long corners. They'll be able to shut down one side of the field. Now at pick number 10, it's your turn. It's your team, the Brownies. Who do you got, Kenny? Yeah, so the Cleveland Browns, they better not trade down like they have in years past. Asashi Brown, the analytics first. Stay at pick number 10. Get the best tackle on the board. Premium position. That's the only hole left in their offense is left tackle. It caused them a lot of problems last year. A, lot, a, a little similar to the New York Giants with Danny Jones. They got to protect them at left tackle, protect their top asset at Baker Mayfield. I'm going to go with, I think he's the second best tackle in this draft. Um, best tackle on the board right now is Jedrick Wills, right tackle for Alabama. Really good footwork. Probably the top pass protector in this draft. He only gave up one sack in 900-plus snaps at Alabama. Uh, played right tackle all three years, though, to his blind side. I think he could make the shift over to left tackle. Uh, one of the top line coaches, Bill Callahan, now the line coach of the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to take that final hole in that Cleveland Browns offense and plug it at left tackle, and hopefully I get a guy that can play for 10 years in Jedrick Wills. So you have no concerns about him moving over to the left side right away? No concerns about that? You know, I don't, yeah, you know, I don't with him. Maybe with some other guys, but he's just so so fluid in his, in, in, in his footwork, anchors, but he doesn't get blown off the ball. Um, they just got to put him there on day one. Obviously, it's going to hurt with no actual practice, just the virtual one. But, um, you know, if you give him about three months in the offseason to exclusively work there and get all those reps and muscle memory there, I think he can make the shift over to left tackle. Uh, with Jedrick Will, not really concerned about that with him and Tristan Works moving left tackle or right tackle. Both of them can do it. Okay, now we're at pick number 11, and it's the New York Jets, the Green Gang, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So here's what I'm doing. You have a young quarterback in Sam Darnold. What do what does Sam Darnold need the most? I mean, obviously the Jets need a lot of things, and I'm not rooting for them to do this. But if I'm the Jets, what I do is I draft wide receiver Jerry Judy the consensus for the most part best receiver in this draft he can run every route on the route tree I think he's the most ready right away to come right away to come out and contribute and I think Sam Donald's gonna like that consistency that he has from his rookie wide receiver day one would you say that's a bigger need than left tackle though that is true I mean you could go with either I mean you could go with either in this case, but uh, they get a number one wide receiver, though, for Sam Darnold. So I think this is a good pick. I think he's my top receiver on the board. I think you might have said that as well. The top receiver in this draft is Jerry Judy. Yes, I have him number one. Mm-hmm. Now, number 12 Stop. is going to be the Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, and you're on the clock, Kenny. Yeah, Las Vegas Raiders. They should be looking at corner and wide receiver in this draft. Um, No corner worthy of a 12th pick right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay at 12, and I'm going to take a receiver. I know my fellow rival down the board in a few picks, the Denver Broncos are looking at receiver too. I got to get one of these guys. I'm going to take B.B. Lamb, wide receiver for Oklahoma I'm going to get a big X wide receiver to go opposite with Easter Tyrell Williams. And I get a guy that makes plays above the rim. Best receiver in this class is a 50-50 ball. I uh, got to work on the route tree a little bit. Not a full route tree he ran at Oklahoma compared to Alabama. But I think I'm getting a stud here at wide receiver here with D.D. Lamb. Can't go wrong with that. Going to need a Derek Carr to have a guy to throw to. <laughs> And, and he's big, he's strong, he's going to be able to make tough, contested catches. Yeah. 
So I'm looking forward to your pick here. You have the uh, you have the odds that you have both the San Francisco picks. So you get a team that's coming right off the Super Bowl, five minutes away from a Super Bowl win. You get one of the best rosters in the NFL, and you have both the San Francisco picks. So I, I'm curious to what you do with the 49ers. Uh, the top asset out there was right here at 13, who you got. Yeah. See, and, and I was thinking a lot because, you know, and, and I was thinking about since I was looking through the mock draft and I was like, damn, San Francisco just went to the Super Bowl and they have two first-round picks and they have a top 15 pick. Like, isn't that great? Like, they don't really need any – not that they don't have needs, but they're, they're fine the way they are. But there's nothing wrong with adding extra talent. I, I think Kyle Shanahan being the offensive guy he is – I think he's going to want another guy to get the ball to, another weapon for Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that's going to be very versatile, a guy that they can do a lot of things with. And I think this is kind of a luxury pick. But you want to know what? When you're in the Super Bowl and you're five minutes away from winning it, you can afford a luxury pick. So I'm going to go with Henry Ruggs, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, we've kind of mentioned before he's kind of a Tyreek Hill type guy. And Kyle Shanahan saw what Tyreek Hill can do. So I think he's a guy that, you know, you can line him up in the backfield. He can play every every receiver position. He can do kick returns. He can do punt returns. A guy that can help this team in a lot of ways. So I got Henry Ruggs being drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, you know, with this 4-2-8 speed, if he was running that corner post-corner route in the Super Bowl instead of Emmanuel Sanders, maybe he comes down with that catch to give them the lead. Uh, but, you know... The 49ers don't have a solid, a, a true number one receiver. And we talked about it when we went through the wide receivers is maybe the way to evaluate these guys is if you line them up and look at a defensive court and say, who don't you want to play? I think Henry Ruggs gets a lot of votes out of this wide receiver class. I think teams will be petrified at his speed. Um, I do see him really similar to Tyreek Hill. This is not just a one-trick pony. This is a guy that can make a lot of plays, short, medium, deep. Um, this is a good pick, and I think this is going to make San Francisco better. Now, who do you have with the 14th pick? Yeah, so I'm looking at pick number 14, Tampa Bay. Um, what they need is they need tackle help. They're in a win-now mode with Tom Brady, um, maybe a two-year window only. The two tackles on the board right now is Mackay Becton and Andrew Thomas. I'm looking at what Tampa might do. I think they're going to go with the sure here. They're going to go with the guy ready to go. Who's going to be the best guy in week one as a rookie? Um, because they got uh, because the time is ticking on their clock with Tom Brady. I think the best or, or the most ready tackle right now on the board instead of Mackay Beckton is Andrew Thomas. So I'm going to go with Andrew Thomas, left tackle out of Georgia. Three-year starter at left tackle at Georgia. He's going to slide right into left tackle and take Tom Brady's blind side. Great pick, and that's the guy I had the Buccaneers taking. So we're kind of on the same uh, a wavelength there. Uh, Going to need to protect Brady. He was slow. Like I said, 20-year anniversary. He was slow when he was young. He's even slower now. You're going to need to protect the guy. Now, yeah, and I think ultimately they will go at left tackle in the draft at 14. And this is a place to look for all the four remaining left tackles. Whichever one is left here is who they're probably going to get. I think it's safe to assume that. Now, number 15, we have the Denver Broncos. Big Bangio, no-nonsense defensive guy. Think what he's going to do here. He's going to get the best linebacker available, uh, a guy that can be a, kind of a heart and soul for the defense, a guy that can come right, o right out right away and be a thumper. Kenneth Murray, middle linebacker out of Oklahoma. I think he's a guy he's going to be ready to go right away. And I, and I think he's a guy that we could see have a 100, 100 tackle season as a rookie and maybe even compete for Defensive Player of the Year. I think we're going to see a lot of production for him right away. And I think he's going to be very good with that Denver defense. Yeah, Denver, uh, if they don't trade up, they really want a receiver. All those top three guys are gone. So they go with um, they go the defensive route. And you take, you know, probably the second or third best uh, linebacker in this class. But you got a guy that could run sideline to sideline, really athletic. Talk about Vic Fangio. He's a no-nonsense guy. Kenneth Murray, really good kid. Multiple-year captain. He's uh, a sibling, son of a preacher. Studies a lot of film. Just, just a perfect character guy you want in your locker room. They continue to build that defense back up to what it was in years past. 
So what we're going to do is Kenny's going to be on the clock for Atlanta at number 16, but we're going to take a quick break, and then Kenny's going to be on the clock, and he's going to make his pick for what the Falcons will do at pick 16. Cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. With Barbershop Sports, I'm gonna be still have Kenny Sim with us. Death scouting for 247 Sports. We went through the first half of the draft, the top 15. Now, next, what we're gonna do is we're going to go through the next 16 picks all the way to 32. So you're on the clock, Kenny. So tell me what you have the Atlanta Falcons doing. I got the Atlanta Falcons here. I believe I believe the Atlanta Falcons could be starting 11 first-round picks on offense. I think all their offensive players are past first-round picks. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and look at the defensive side of the ball. What the Atlanta Falcons like to do here traditionally is they like athletic defensive linemen. Uh, might not produce like a Vic Beasley, but they, they've traditionally gone that route. Very athletic guy, like a, a Grady Jarrett in the past. I'm just going to go with um, a guy who's athletic, and I think he's the most polished defensive lineman. So I'm not going to go with Chazon. I'm going to go here with uh, Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle out of South Carolina. So we talked about our defensive lineman rankings. Um, I think he's right behind Derek Brown as the top defensive tackle. Really long, best player at the senior ball. Made a lot of plays in the back. All-American, um, athletic at the three technique. So I'm going to go with Von Kinlaw here for the Falcons. And a guy that's going to be um, ready to go right away for the Atlanta Falcons, a team that we were worried about Dan Quinn for a while. If he was going to keep his job, they came on strong at the end of the year. And they're going to need to be ready to go right out the gate, especially with Drew Brees and Tom Brady in that division, two Hall of Famers at quarterback, who are probably going to be competing for supremacy. So they need to find a way to be able to compete with those two teams. Yeah, but we all know Tom Brady's Achilles heel is pressure right up the middle. So I get Javon Kinlaw in there. So, pick number 17, I'm going to have the boys, the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones. What's he going to do? And this, is to me, is such a Jerry Jones move. I'm going to go with Antoine Winfield Jr., safety out of Minnesota. Uh, they need some secondary help. Uh, they just lost Byron Jones at cornerback. I think Antoine Winfield Jr., I think he's also a Jerry Jones pick. I, I feel like Jerry Jones is the guy that would take a former player's son. Well, that, that just screams Jerry Jones. I think he's going to be a guy that can play. That, I mean, that is Jerry Jones, though, isn't it? Like, oh, his dad played in the NFL. He's pretty good. Let's take him. Yeah, I mean, they could I mean, say, like, you know, I got I got a dad with a multiple-year pro bowler. I think his son's going to be a multiple-year pro bowler in my secondary. Um, Antoine Winfield's a good player, though. He's a, he, He's just undersized, but this guy gets his hands on a lot of football. He had a lot of picks last year. Should have had more picks with all the all the deflections he had. So he's a ball hawk back there. And, and it's also noted for a guy, you know, being part of a culture change. Minnesota was a pretty damn good team last year in the Big Ten. I mean, you would know that as Ohio State guy, Kenny. And, I mean, he was a large part of that. So I think also as a Cowboys team, you know, a different mentality, I, I think that's also good. Yeah, love what uh, love what uh, PJ Fleck did last year. I think they got up in for seven. They have a really good culture there. Um, yeah, I mean Antoine Winfield Jr. definite stud in that secondary. That's an interesting pick. I think he goes safety there. So um, yeah, good pick there. Now you're at up at eighteen, Kenny. Yeah, so I get the second of the three first round picks for the. Uh, the Miami Dolphins. So they went with the quarterback. So, you know, Miami, a complete mess. They need everything. Last year, get this one, 
30 seconds of running, and they gave up the most sacks. That tells me you have the worst offensive line in football. And there's one left tackle left who I think is a franchise left tackle, one of the four there. I'm going to go with Ty Beckton. He is six foot eight, three hundred and seventy pounds, but he can move though, and and he knocks guys down. He said he loves falling on guys. He loves intimidating guys. And and I think regardless of what the Dolphins do at five with this quarterback, they gotta get someone to protect that quarterback. Especially if it's Tua, uh, if it's Justin Herbert, they gotta protect him, as they did in this mock draft. I'm gonna go Mackay Beckton here. And I, and I like that pick. Big offensive lineman. Uh, raw, but probably the rawest guy out of the group. But but I think he's a guy that Brian Brian Flores and them can get the whip into shape and get him ready to go. Uh, and, and by the way, Makai Sexton, he was my last guy that I had in the top ten of out of all my possible three picks. So I finally crossed every single name in my top ten. Kenny? Good, I think a lot of those tackles, especially those four, I think they're all, you know, in other years, they would have been the number one tackle in their class. But you get just like four really good guys, put them all in that left tackle, right tackle, have them start multiple years, get to that second contract. Um, I think all will have, you know, those four left tackles in, you know, the top 10, top 12 overall. So this is really good value here for the Dolphins. Now, for at pick 19, we have the Las Vegas Raiders again with John Gruden. And this pick might surprise some people, but to me, this is a total John Gruden move. We know that there's always been a little bit of hesitance with him and Mike Mayock. Do they love Derek Carr or do they not love Derek Carr? It's like a girl that, 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 that you, you, know, you kind of have with you, but you're like, ah, I don't know. We've never gotten that vote of confidence from Gruden and from that Raiders regime about Derek Carr. They're moving so what could they do? I have them drafting Jordan Love out of Utah. Big, strong, athletic, big arm. Uh, I think he has a lot of traits that John Gruden would love to have. So I have them drafting Jordan Love. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where Jordan Love goes. I think this mock draft is pretty accurate to what might happen. So if you have those top three that go off the board, you start looking at, okay, Where's the next team that needs a quarterback? So, you know, not the Cardinals, not the Jags, not the Browns, not the Jets. You keep sliding down and see what team is going to make a move for Jordan Law. Is it going to be a team maybe like the Saints or the Patriots that tried to jump one of these teams? But um, ultimately, I do know that, though, you know, Gruden's going to want to get his guy in there, and, and he's going to want to draft a guy. And he has a guy with, you know, huge arm talent, really good traits, good plays out of structure. And, and, you know, they got Mariota and Carr for year one, and they could bring him along slowly, similar to what Patty Mahomes did, a guy that gets compared to Patty Mahomes a lot in Jordan Love. So um, this is one of the landing spots I think Jordan Love could land up, uh, could, could end up at. So you got the Raiders kind of fulfilling their offense. You got them going with C.D. Lamb and Jordan Love to some firepower for the Raiders. And by the way, they wouldn't need Jordan Love to necessarily play right away because they obviously have Derek Carr, and I don't know, you know, you know. So, so there's a lot of things they could do with that situation, and they have the picks to be able to make that move. Absolutely. Now you're at pick twenty with the Jacksonville Jaguars once again. Who do you got, Kenny? Yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're gonna go back to the defensive route. So they lost, you know, they lost Calais Campbell. They lost, you know, those corners. So. um... You gave them C.J. Henderson at corner, so I'm here. So, so I'm going to go to the front four here, and I'm going to go with Caleb on Chazon, the supremely athletic defensive end out of LSU. So now, so now my defensive line is going to look like first round pick Jonathan Allen on one side out of Kentucky. I'm going to have Chazon at the other end, and then I could continue to fill you know the interior line spots. But I get I get two bookends now at defensive end. And Chazan's a guy that has, you know, high athletic ability. They could get him loose early in his career on some stunts, get him loose shooting different gaps, plays the run good, um, really stepped up in his junior year. So 
I think the Jaguars here are retooling that defense, and they're building a nice core at the defensive line, which they always seem to do. So I got Jonathan Allen, last year's first-round pick, and Chazon, uh this year's first-round pick, bookend defensive tackle, uh, bookend defensive end. Uh, pretty young, good pass-rushing duo here. Okay, now we're at pick number 21 with the Philadelphia Eagles on the clock. Who's their asset, right? I always think, how do you help your asset? Your biggest asset is quarterback. I think, you know, Carson Wentz, and particularly if you go back to Nick Foles, well, what made Nick Foles so successful that year they won? They had a big guy in Alshon Jeffrey who kept snatching up catches in the air. Every, every single time he threw it up, you had that guy. Uh, it's been kind of hit or miss with the chemistry between Carson Wentz and Alshon. I think Alshon was always more of a Nick Foles guy than a Carson Wentz guy. So get a young, impressionable guy up there that can make tough catches, that can be a Skywalker, get up and get the ball, that has strong hands. I have the Eagles drafting Justin Jefferson, wide receiver out of LSU. If the Bills didn't trade for Stephon Diggs, I would have loved for the Bills to get Justin Jefferson, but that's not the case, and I'll take Stephon Diggs. But I have the Eagles getting Justin Jefferson. Nice, and I think um, there's a report out yesterday that I think the Eagles really want to try to move and jump ahead of those team, teams in the early teams that want a wide receiver. They desperately need a wide receiver. Everyone knows that. I think they're going to try to get one of these top four, um, and Jefferson's one of the last of the four uh, with Ruggs, Judy, and Lamb on the board. So uh, if they don't trade up, they, they could take one of those four there at 21, and um, – the more I'm looking at this Jefferson kid, I really like him a lot. Runs good routes. He was the leader in that receiver room. Longtime Giants wide receiver coach was an assistant at LSU, and he said this guy's the best uh, college receiver he's seen that he's coached up. So um, he's going to do well if he has Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz uh, with him too in that offense. Now you're a pick 22, Kenny, and you're going to have the Minnesota Vikings. This is where the Bills should have drafted, but we got Stefan Diggs, like I said. So who do you have the Vikings taking at pick number 22? Oh, so how about we stick with uh, the uh, – how about we kind of do um, the same name, Diggs. Let's go with maybe Stefan Diggs' brother, and I'm going to explain this pick here. I'm going to give them, uh, the Alabama corner, Travion Diggs, and, and, and this is what Mike Zimmer likes. Mike Zimmer is very particular in his corner, so they lost. They lost Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Wayne. Um, they got depleted at their secondary, and they got to retool that secondary. And and with Diggs, uh, the kid out of Alabama is he fits their criteria. So he has he, he he's one of the longest corners in this class. Uh, he's well over six foot. He's six foot two and change. Uh, fast kid, well coached with Nick Saban at Alabama. Um, this is kind of like that prototype that Mike Zimmer and the and, and, and the Vikings like. So um, corner is definitely a need with them, along with wide receivers. So I think they're going to go to corner here, and I'm going to give them um, the biggest corner in the draft other than Okuda and Travion Diggs. <laughs> I don't know. Another Diggs, brother? <laughs> that, 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 yeah. might, that, that might cause Mike Zimmer to lose his mind. Possibly. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully he has a little bit of a better attitude than his brother when it comes to the team. But hey, I mean, if if the cornerback always wants the ball, uh, I mean, at least that means he's getting a lot of interceptions, and that's good. Yep, absolutely, <laughs> and, and and that's something that the Vikings have prided themselves on is a solid secondary, and uh, you know, he, he he kind of steps into that Xavier Rhodes role, kind of that bigger corner. He fits that exact profile, so I think it's a uh, I think it's a, a really good fit here for the Vikings. Now, at pick 23, we have the New England Patriots. A lot of different stuff they could do, but I'm going to go with such a Patriots move. Like, like this is so Bill Belichick. A.J. Espinoza, defensive lineman out of Iowa. I think he's a guy that is ready-made, a guy that can contribute right away, or, uh, right away for the Patriots. I think he's a guy that won't be spectacular, but it will be a guy that, what does Bill Belichick always say? Do your job. He loves his defensive lineman to hold, to engage, so linebackers can make plays. I think A.J. Espinosa can come out and do that right away and play in that New England defense and that complicated New England system. 
Yeah, I actually thought I, I, I actually, if I had the twenty third pick, I would have done the exact same thing too. And uh, Bill Belichick in that thirty front, he wants, you know, typically big defensive ends that could play the run, they could two gap, they could pass rush, and um, Epinette is a really good player, heavy hands. You know, he's one of the biggest defensive ends, plays the run well. Um, just flipping because of a poor combine, but as we talked about. You know, I'm not going to let one or two days at a workout ruin three years. He, he, he was a former five-star recruit, you know, played all three years at Iowa. Um, just, just a solid, solid lunch pail kind of guy. The Kirk Ferentz, Bill Belichick connection, all that stuff. Um, they continue to build that defense that is still a really good defense in the NFL. Now you're up. Number 24, we have the New Orleans Saints. Yep, and I possibly have maybe the top roster here in the NFL. They really have no need. Um, you know, with Love gone, not, not, not really a quarterback I see that's worthy of being picked to cut a broom maybe later in the draft. So I'm looking down the board. I see I got the stack team. Um, I'm going to put a guy opposite to Mario Davis at linebacker for them. Um, and I think you know, right now the way the board stacks up, he must he, he might be the best player on the board. I'm gonna go with Patrick Queen. He's gonna make the short trip from Baton Rouge to New New Orleans. Um, a little bit of a like a lighthearted joke down there that they never take players from LSU and they're right down the road, powerhouse. Um, so I'm gonna get a, a guy that's both sideline to sideline, very similar to Demario Davis in the middle of the field. Uh, they lost AJ Klein. They get an upgrade of Patrick Queen. And I'm going to build this defense a little bit on a team that's ready to win right now and win the Super Bowl. Love that pick. Love that pick. Yep. Now, I have number the twenty number 25th pick with the Minnesota Vikings again. And they already got their corner, right? The other guy, they got a Diggs brother, another Diggs. But you know what? They traded Stephon Diggs. So what, what, what could they need? Another wide receiver opposite Adam Thielen. And the guy I have, the best receiver left on the board, T. Higgins out of Clemson. I think he's going to be able to come out right away. He's going to be their number two receiver while Thielen's their number one and kind of help them kind of replicate that production that they're obviously losing, trading Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. Very good. Yeah, I mean, I I would have to say, you know, that's a huge hole, losing Stephon Diggs. Um, Corner and wide receiver are the two glaring needs. And, you know, I think Kirk Cousins is a guy that needs, you know, guys around him to play well. So, continue to build that skill cast around him. Um, so, you get a guy that could make, you know, unlike Stephon Diggs, like really good in the red zone. You know, six foot four plus, big body. Um, really good compliment to Adam Thielen. He could go off, he could make plays on the deep route too, not just in the red zone. So, you get a guy. Higgins, who I think is a pretty polished wide receiver. He, he's one of the more polished receivers in this class, in the staff wide receiver class. Agreed. Now, at number 26, you have the Miami Dolphins, Kenny. Yeah, so the Miami Dolphins here, um, this is their last of their three first-round picks. So, Kind of looking at best available. Um, they have needs everywhere. I I just don't know how you could pick three straight guys on offense and not address the defense at all. So I'm going to go to the defensive route here. And I'm looking at defense. I know Brian Flores, he wants to build his corners like the Patriots. So he has Byron Jones and Xavier Howard on the outside. That's a good corner duo. Let's go with the other premium position defensive end. So I'm going to give the Miami Dolphins Yitor Gross Meadows. Highly athletic, long defensive at Penn State, uh, double-digit back guy at Penn State last year. And, and he's a guy that he has a high ceiling, but he needs more development in his, in his uh, you know, hand placement, multiple counter moves. So, you know, they can work along the two in this rebuild because they're not going to win right away either. So, you know, I think this guy can develop into a pretty highly productive pass rusher. Oh, Kenny, you took my pick at number 27 for the Seattle Seahawks. 
Yeah, I think um, I mean I think Maddox is definitely a guy that could go you know somewhere in this somewhere in this area of the draft, and he's definitely um, I got a first round grade on him too. So uh, yeah, I've seen Seattle looking at him too in my draft as a common common placement. So what I'm gonna do at pick number 27 since you stole my pick, Kenny? Come on, why do you have to do that to me? I'm going to go with Zach Braun. Um, linebacker uh, end out of Wisconsin. I, I think he's a guy that is ready to go right away. Uh, right away. Uh, I think Gross Matos is probably a little bit more raw, a little bit more twitchy. Definitely a little bit more twitchy and athletic. But but I, I think Braun's a guy that's going to be able to come in right away. And Seattle's, and, and Seattle's a team that is looking to win now, so I think he's a guy that's going to be able to give them production that they need now to win football games. Yep, and that's definitely a guy that you know, in that Seattle culture, uh, probably not going to re-sign Clowney, but they get a really productive guy who plays really hard, high motor, definitely a Pete Carroll type. And um, Zach Bond is an edge rusher. I, I know, you know, you kind of see like edge rusher outside linebacker. He's best when he gets his hand in the ground like he did a lot at Wisconsin. So you could kind of replace him in. Uh, cheaper contract cost than Clowney, and I think he's going to get more than three sacks, which is what Clowney had last year. So um, they fortified their pass rush with this pick. Now you're up at pick number 28, Kenny, with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, so Baltimore Ravens, you know, really good roster here. Um, what I'm going to mock them here is I'm going to give I'm going to give the Ravens a receiver here. And so I'm going to give them Brandon Ayuk, the receiver out of Arizona State. I think he's probably uh, probably fifth or sixth on my board at, at wide receiver. Um, first round grade on him. And what I like about him is he's a big wide receiver. He can return kick, punt, uh, take different bubble routes to the house. Really good tough player, which is what the Ravens like. And he's a really long wingspan, too. This is definitely something... Uh, you know, from talking about receivers, is this guy's wingspan is it's it, it, he's uh he's like six one, but he has a wingspan like a six nine guy. So you know, big target radius, catch rate rate radius for him on the outside for Lamar Jackson, a little bit erratic sometimes. Um, so just continue to give them good wide receivers, and I think that's what the Ravens need is just fortify that air attack for Lamar Jackson, just guys with different skill sets. And I don't think the uh, the Ravens have a guy on their team with a skill set like Brandon Ayuk. Good pick. That, that's a very good pick. And I keep needing to give Lamar Jackson weapons so he can develop as a passer. Now, at number 29, we have a team that made a miracle run to the AFC Championship game, the Tennessee Titans. And, and you know what? For some reason, I'm, I'm going to be honest, Kenny, for so badly, I, I just want them to draft a quarterback. Because we all know Ryan Tannehill all likely isn't the answer, but I do not think they were they're going to do that. But they would shock the world if they did that. But but I but that's a whole other story, Kenny. I'm not going to get into that. But at no, pick number twenty nine, I'm going to go with Raquan Davis, defensive lineman out of Alabama. He's a mountain of a man. He's six foot seven, three hundred twelve pounds. I think he's a guy that is big, strong, physical. Will be ready to go right away for a team that should realistically have Super Bowl aspirations since they got to the AFC Championship game last year. And a guy that will do his job, that won't be spectacular, but will be a solid guy that they can plug in right away on their defense. Nice, and that's definitely, um, they lost their DC, but, but but they do play a similar type of defense, like that Bill Belichick, Detroit line style with Mike Brabel. So, Raycon Davis is definitely a guy uh, he could two gap, like you said, really big, six foot six, um, really polished coming in. Played a ton at Alabama for three years, so he steps right into that defense. And that um, they really shut down Lamar Jackson in that offense in the divisional round, and to the team that um, uh, I like their defense a lot. So, so, so I'm a fan of this pick, and I think it just continues to help them out because ultimately they still need a win with the running game and defense. So they fortify that defensive line here. Now you're up at pick 30 with the Green Bay Packers. Yep, so I'm looking at this. Um, 
I'm looking at their needs. You know, I can, I, I can see them going receiver. Um, I can see them going offensive tackle as well. Um, ultimately, I think this draft is going to have, you know, maybe at minimum six offensive tackles taken. So, think of according to my numbers, I think we have five right now, uh, but regardless, I'm going to go offensive tackle here, a guy that replaces Brian Bulaga, and he's a first-round grade, too. I'm going to go Josh Jones, offensive tackle out of Houston. Fifth-year senior, uh, played for like four different offensive coordinators, so maybe that kind of brought down his development a bit, but I mean, he's a guy that can step in, um, athletic enough in that zone-blocking team that Matt LaFleur likes to run, Pretty polished pass rusher, too. Did well at the senior bowl. Um, so, I give Aaron Rodgers some protection after losing a stalwart and Brian Bulaga here. Now, pick number 31. Yep, back to the 49ers for you. Now, I think, right, the NFL, it's a passing league. Uh, Kyle Shanahan should know that firsthand, seeing what Patrick Mahomes did in the Super Bowl. So, what do you need? You need guys that can cover. And I think having A.J. Terrell will help out the San Francisco 49ers. We all know Richard Sherman is getting older. How much longer can Richard Sherman be a elite corner or, or a corner that you can put out there consistently? He got burned a couple times in the Super Bowl. I think A.J. Terrell is a athletic, young, long guy that you can plug and play. And it's also a move thinking about the future for a team that doesn't have a lot of needs, but, but kind of needs to think about where they're going for years to come. So I have the San Francisco 49ers drafting A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. Nice. I think that's a logical pick, good pick. I could see him getting into the uh, first round. Um, I think the last thing on everyone's mind is what we all remember. So we remember him getting torched repeatedly in the title game. But I think a lot of guys will do that against LSU. Uh, but this guy was really athletic at the time. My multiple-year starter, really one of the top, uh, top secondary players for two years at Clemson. So he comes in right now and um, – you know, it's a logical pick replacing Richard Sherman eventually playing outside of him. Um, you're going to have to lead a lot, so you're going to have to defend the pass. So uh, Terrell's a nice pick here, another corner off the board. And Kenny, you're up. The last pick of the first round. The defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Yep, I'm just counting down the list. So, so uh, you know, Chiefs Kingdom to go a lot of different ways but you know as we talked about multiple times um, in our interactions is, is you know you're always going to score 30 points with Patrick Mahomes so you're going to be playing with the league you got to find a way to stop the pass so you, so you take a look at the premium spots corner and defensive end um, I see them going that route to try to influence the defensive passing game and help them out um, so I'm going to go with um, a, uh, a LSU alumni like Honey Badger in that secondary. I'm going to give them Chris Fulton, cornerback out of LSU. That's two guys out of LSU at the Chief King secondary. Christian Fulton, definitely a first round grade on him, too. Really stuck a player. Uh, good in man coverage, fast, good mirror skills, mirror ties well. Um, and and he, did, he, he got targeted a lot because I think the top corner in college football was Derek Stingley. A lot of guys tested the freshman early, did not uh, saw his, you know, how legit he was as a freshman. So they targeted full Fulton a lot, a lot of tape on him. Um, and, and, and he held his own on the other side of that secondary. So um, I'm going to give the defending Super Bowl champs Chris Fulton here. And um, that's the fifth corner taken in this draft that we had. So just marking that down. Okay, now that's it for the first round. Uh, some guys that we left off. At least I'll just name some guys that I had. I had uh, Grant Delphit, obviously. That's a big one that people will know. Uh, guys like Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin and DeAndre Swift are some of my notables. Who who are some of your no And Xavier McKinney from Alabama. Who are some of your guys? Yeah, so that, so, so that was a good summary. I had um, I wanted to count up how many receivers were, were, were taken. Um couple of notes, one safety only. So, Kimmy and Grant Delbert were off the board. 
Um, interesting here, no running back taken. So J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, John, Jonathan Taylor off the board. Um, still, still there. So no running back. Uh, five offensive tackles were taken. So no Austin Jackson or Ezra Cleveland. And in the deep corner class as well, um, I think a really good guy is Jeff Latney, the, the nickel cornerback out of TCU, still on the board as well. So uh, picks 32 to about 45. There's a lot of good players um, on the board in, in that early second round for team picking there. Agree. Kenny, I want to thank you for coming on. I appreciated doing this mock. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, It's always fun to kind of put yourself in the team's shoes and kind of see the needs and kind of stack the board uh, just like a GM. So uh, we'll take a look at this and see how close we were coming up uh, first, uh, first round. We definitely Next will. Thursday, so we'll see how we do. Yeah. And we definitely will. Once again, I do want to thank you again for coming on, Kenny. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks. And once again, I want to thank Kenny Sim for coming on. Uh, scouting expert for 247 Sports. Really enjoyed having him on. Uh, the first ever mock draft I've ever done. It was fun. It was entertaining. There was a lot of pressure because I was kind of like, as we're going through it, I was like, I had this guy here, this guy here. He stole my pick, damn it. But then... uh. I rebound, I realized, oh, I still have A.J. Terrell on the board. Like, I, there's still these different players, right? This draft is so deep, and I think it's really exciting, and it was really fun, and I enjoyed doing it with Kenny. So, once again, shout-out to my man, Kenny Sam. And thank you, everybody, for tuning into this episode, the 150th episode, the big 150 of Barbershop Sports Talk. Telling me to stop. I never do that in the name of love until I've given it my all in it.